Most movies are made in studios with big budgets. But not these. No, these sequels and prequels are crafted on the fly. Today! You'll never see these movies. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Making Number Two. On the fly pitches for sequels and prequels that should not exist. I'm Allie Gordon. And I'm Marty Scanlon. And whoa, love is in the air. Love is in the air. <laughs> As I've done about I knew you were going to do that, and I was like excited about it. <laughs> you knew I didn't know the rest of the lyrics besides yep. that one? Yep. I was going to do um, Magic's in the Air. Yeah. Magic's in the Air. Lace and Silk is everywhere. Everywhere. Lace and Silk. Oh, yeah. Can I tell a story about. Mind meld? Yes. Because you said lace and silk, and I thought about leather and lace. Hey, if I say the song leather and lace, what do you think? Rent. What? Black leather and lace. My desk was a mess. I think oh I'm still God. sore. Because I kicked her and I told her I was, and it's horrible. Do you your boyfriend know where your last boyfriend? I'm not her boyfriend. I don't care what she does. People, is this any way to start a new year? Have compassion. Benny just I lost want, his cat. I didn't want any of this. Benny just lost his cat. Oh, no, my cat. Benny just lost his cat. My dog, but I appreciate that. You you pointed at me like I was going to know that. and if, I, You were a theater kid. How did you not know that? I've never liked Rent. Well, no one likes Rent, but everyone loves Rent. I don't love it either. Yeah, we, I've, I like some songs from Rent. I had to work tech for Rent. That was hard. There I, are 525,600 reasons why you should love Rent. I just want to clarify for the record, if, if somebody says leather and lace, you truly think of rent first? Black leather and lace, yes. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Because I thought there was only two answers to this question. Arsenic and old lace? Nope. Well, now um, there's four answers. Well, that... what? But no, leather and lace has nothing to do with arsenic and old lace. It's just the only thing that's in common is lace. That's going to be in the recording. Yeah, well, it happens. <laughs> um, well, I was on an improv team. We were playing Mind Meld. And we had gotten down to two groups of people. It was a kind where you like group up together. Yeah. And it came down to just me on one side and Nikita on the other. Mm-hmm. You guys, nobody nobody knows who Nikita is when you're listening to this. But, you know, if you do, he's a really funny guy. Um, and the two words were leather and lace. And we both got so excited. We were like, you know what you're going to say, right? And I was like, of course. I know what I'm going to say. And we were both like, we're going to get this. And we go, three, two, one. And I go, Stevie Nicks. And he goes, Britney Spears, who both wow. have famous songs called Leather and Lace. <laughs> That's great. And we were like, Fuck! Because it said so much about who we were as people and the kind of leather and lace that we think is the iconic song of its generation. That's really good. I love that. And I was like, never mind. Anyway, that's it. That's my like story. The word is white wing and dove. Like, <laughs> all right. Lauren Hill with her famous album. She doesn't have a famous album. Wait, what would it have no, been? No, I mean, I mean, she does have a famous album, but. But what would it have been? I don't know. I was just trying to think of another. I was just trying to think of another. Don't do this. Don't, don't do, do this, this to me, Allie. <laughs> Um, okay. Well, welcome, everybody. I don't Love know about in- where you guys are. It's Valentine's Day over here. Yep. We have big plans. We're drinking iced coffee the day before Valentine's Day. And recording this. Yeah. So- I was saying it was Valentine's Day because when they listen to this, it's going to be Valentine's Happy Day. Happy Valentine's Day really- to all the lovebirds out there. We hope you're basking Punctual in each other's idea. glory. And to all the lonely hearts, I just want to send this next song to all the lonely hearts out there is for you and you alone. Take it away. Yikes. This is a long pause. I hope- What the fuck am I listening to? How did you find this? I typed in Lonely on Apple Music and uh-huh. played the first thing that showed up. And who sang that? Alvin and the Chipmunks? Uh, it said Akon. <laughs> it's Akon Wh- and the Chipmunks. What? Akon? He rebranded. 
What the fuck just happened? Akon and the Chipmunks. So I thought it'd be fun to take a deep dive into a big list of all the most famous romantic comedies or the movies about love or romance and either come to one together or just pitch a million micro sequels. Yeah, like elevator pitches for sequels. I love it. The problem is, as I was preparing for this, I realized I haven't seen um, probably 70% of these movies. Well, let's not spoil it because earlier when I was saying to Marty, what about this movie? What about this movie? What about this movie? Marty has seen... Zero romantic comedies, and yet wants to pitch sequels for romantic comedies. I so think, I pulled up. I think I've got. I think I've got enough knowledge about the medium. I really am a medium to um, be able to do. You didn't like that at all. I'm just saying, how can you pitch a sequel for a movie you've never? You don't even know the because, concept of. Because I, I know the general idea of some of these movies. Okay, what's the plot of Notting Hill? say Notting Hill and it's the one I don't know. Okay, okay there's a big the hill. Plot of... there's, okay, there's a. It's a huge hill. It's the biggest hill. And this is crazy. Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant is there. Because somebody out there's favorite movie is Notting Hill. Well, I'm sorry for that person. I mean, it is Hugh Grant. And who's the female lead? Laura Linney. Not a bad guess, but wrong. Who is it? Julia Roberts. Oh. That was like the, the Julia roberts verse. Yeah. Oh, we should do a sequel to um, Aaron Brockovich. Okay. She's a real person, so the sequel would be like what's been going on in her life right now. Oh. Okay. Here's the sequel to Aaron Brockovich. Uh-huh. It's the movie Aaron Brockovich comes out, uh-huh. and it becomes like a Synecdoche, New York-esque, like, her life reflects the movie, and then her movie, her life starts changing, and so she's like, wait a minute, who who am I? And, like, it becomes this identity crisis about, like, the things that she did are reflected in the movie, and then she gets... She starts, like, kind of losing her mind with, like, what is reality versus what happened in the movie. And so, like, all of these accomplishments that she's continuing to do to try to bring, like, justice to a small town gets blown up bigger and bigger. And then she, like, doesn't know who she is anymore. This is such a good romantic comedy. And so, it's so romantic and so funny. Good job, Marty. (laughs) Also, do you not remember when she, when that movie came out and it was, like, such a huge deal for Julia Roberts and, like, Erin Brockovich herself became, like, tabloid fodder for a while? I don't. Because we were, like, obsessed with everything about, yeah, well, we were like, wow, it's Erin Brockovich, the real one. All right, so let's go through. I pulled up a list called the 50 best romantic comedies of all time. This is going to really... I talk a lot of... I I really like movies a lot, and I know a lot about some movies. But boy, oh boy, you're about to see... You're about to see the dark side of me. You're about Uh, to see the bad side of me. Yeah. Also, I want to just be... I want to be clear in case it seems like I'm being mean by drilling Marty. This was Marty's idea. And he said, let's get the mics out. I've got an idea. I said, let's get the mics out and see if anything funny comes from this conversation. And if not, we'll just do Titanic 2, which is T-I-T-A-N-I-I-C. Do you have a plot or is it just that title? By the time I'm done with this sentence, I will have a plot. (laughs) Okie dokie. When Harry met Sally. Okay. It's a prequel. And it's all the people that they dated prior to meeting each other. Um, And it's basically like them failing in love over and over and over again. That's the plot of When Harry Met Sally, Marty. (laughs) You just described the actual plot of When Harry Met Sally. All right, fine. It's a sequel and they're married and they're happy. (laughs) Breakfast at Tiffany's. And it's called When Married Met Sally. Okay, funny. Uh, Audrey Hepburn and Breakfast at Tiffany's. Lunch at Tiffany's. Easy. Next one. You have to say the plot. I don't know what happens in Breakfast at Tiffany's. And really? I say, what about breakfast at Tiffany's? She said, I think I remember the film. Uh-huh. What happens in breakfast at Tiffany's? 
You don't know either. I've seen Breakfast at Tiffany's. I just don't think it has like I don't think you're it's a good, just as bad as I am. I just don't think it has a plot for like a sequel. It's just like a love story. Okay. Um, my best friend's wedding. Uh, never seen it. Next one. <laughs> All right, it's called my best friend's my my best friend's divorce, and it's about her, the best friend, helping her friend who got married through uh, like a, a bad breakup and okay. seeing all the downsides. Want to know the real plot of, of my best friend's wedding? Yes, Julia Roberts, who's in the lead, Dermot Mulroney, I think, is the main guy, and he's engaged to Cameron Diaz, who's Julia Roberts' best friend, and Julia Roberts runs off with the guy who's the group. Oh shit! Okay, so it's about so really in your pitch of it. Cameron Diaz yes. has to be a fucking martyr and help Julia Roberts through the fucking guy she stole from him, her. The divorce. Yeah. So when Julia, when Julia Roberts and Dermot Moroni eventually fall apart because that's that was an insane way for them to get together in the first Wait, place. That's fantastic. My best Somebody recently divorced. tweeted something along the lines of like, my best friend's wedding is the only movie where the antagonist is the lead in the movie and gets what they want. Yeah. Because it really is true. That's wild. It is wild. All right, my best friend's divorce. It's a Cameron Diaz. It's a it's a Cameron Diaz vehicle. It returns it's her return, to the spotlight. Yes, and she's her like, like mask era. But why would she be? Why would she be so nice as to help? Because it's all a ploy to kill Julia Roberts. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You weren't listening to me at all. I, Tell me the sentence I just said. Well, sorry. It's because I realized the act- the best friend was Dermot Mulroney, not Cameron Diaz. I was like, this feels this feels not quite right. Uh-oh. And her best friend is Dermot Mulroney, who's getting married to Cameron Diaz. But she's like, sorry, Dermot. I'm in love with you. And then they run off together and they get together. That's worse. It is worse. But they do sing I Say a Little Prayer. So it's My favorite song about saying a prayer. Sing it. No. <laughs> Come on. Just give me two bars. Okay. You know, Dion Warwick? Oh, I know. I need the backing track. Oh, of course. Baruch Sleepless in Seattle. Okay. It's called Awake in Iowa. And And they boy oh boy do they have a good time. It's one night. It's two lovers. one night of passion. They're awake the whole night. They spend from 10 p.m. till 10 a.m. Like that Amex commercial where they fall into the pool. Hmm? Uh, no, I think it's a... I don't remember what kind of commercial it is, actually. Maybe this is a really bad idea. I just think you need to see the movies in order to... Well, tell- you're only picking movies I haven't seen. I'm going in order down the list. Well, keep on going. Funny face. Never seen it. Yeah, I'm actually, honestly, it's been a really long time since I've seen it. All I remember is Gershwin music. I have right here Love Actually... Bridget Jones's Diary? I could do that. Okay, Bridget Jones's Diary. Do you have a sequel for that? Well, there are so many sequels. There are sequels. Okay, so it's called um, From the Notebook of Bridget Jones. And it's like Bridget Jones in high school. It's like we we reboot it as like a sort of Lizzie McGuire-esque, but like (laughs) for for today, it's sort of like... Is it still Pride and Prejudice or no? uh, No, I think it's some other Jane Austen thing. A lesser known Jane Austen thing. Okay. No, it's not even that. It's just like, it's basically like a Lizzie McGuire-esque reboot of, um, of Bridget Jones. And it's it's like the from the notebook of Bridget Jones or something like that or like the Tumblr of Bridget Jones <laughs> and it's Bridget Jones's Tumblr is a very funny premise yeah and it's like her basically um, dealing with with you know love and growing up in 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 the age I don't know if it's set at the time it makes more sense for it to be set in the realistic time that it would have been which would have been like the early eighties I guess when she was Ni- uh, early nineties yeah but it's kind of funny to to reexamine it through the lens of today. Also, um, Bridget Jones' Diary came out in 2001, so it's really the late 90s, early late like early 2000s. No, I'm saying Bridget Jones would have been a teenager oh, I in the late 80s. I understand. 
Okay. Yeah, I like that. Oh, that's funny. That's fucking great. What am I, genius? And then at the end, she's like, wait, I got to go change into sexier underwear. And they're like, ew, you're 16. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> Pretty woman. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Richard Gere looks in a drawer. He answers the phone. And Aaron Brockovich is like, Drapstick. What's happening? Isn't that Richard Gere? In Mothman Prophecies? And Pretty Woman. Yeah, and Chicago. Drapstick. And many movies. Drapstick. <laughs> you can't just combine every Richard Gere movie into the Gearverse. Watch me. <laughs> Ten Things I Hate About You. Skip. Yeah. I haven't seen any romantic comedy. It's insane. That one's basically The Taming of the Shrew. So uh-huh. what, what's, your, what's your sequel to The Taming of the Shrew? Kate Becomes a Murderer. Great. Okay. I love this. Uh, Julia Stiles becomes a murderer. Clueless. I really haven't seen any movies. This is a terrible idea. <laughs> okay, Brett Love Actually. Oh, great. You okay. better come up with. You better hear this bitch. It's called Love Well Actually, and it's a bunch of like t- uh, Twitter trolls and incels, um, and they get catfished into um, basically trying to fall in love with each other. And so it's like two really. It's like a bunch of really hateful Twitter trolls all basically co. Um, co-catfishing each other that's funny and then they all meet in like a convention center i I mean the idea that they're like i'm about to go meet with this girl and fucking show her what's what and it's like two guys who meet up with each other and they're like you've been kitty cat 87 all along and then they fall in love and then it gets bombed (laughs) why do you keep ending it with it getting bombed okay fine they don't get it gets stink bombed Fine, it gets stink bombed, and but the, they also the stink, all, and the stink stays in their clothes for weeks. But they all fall in love. Yeah, they that's go. Funny. They go. Well, you know. So, but I thought I was here to teach you about Doctor Who, but you taught me about <laughs> who's the doctor of my heart, and then they fall in love, and they're forever in love. See, that's good. There you go. Love well, actually. Good job. Thank sixteen you. candles. You've never seen sixteen candles. No. Um, four weddings and a funeral. Mm. Never seen it. Oh man, you really don't like anything with Hugh Grant in it, huh? No. Andy McDowell's in the movie. Where is she? I love her. She's so beautiful. This movie has The Big Sick as one of its top 50 romantic comedies. Which I haven't seen. Me neither. But also, what? You don't like Zoe Kazan, though. I don't like Zoe Kazan, and that's why I haven't seen the movie yet. Because I love Kumail. I love Holly Hunter. Don't like Zoe Kazan. Sorry, Zoe, if you're listening. I know you're not, but, you know, if you are, I don't like your acting. What? Oh, my God. It's got rude. The Princess Bride. Oh, the Princess Bride is a good, like, romantic story. It is. Marriage. Marriage is what brings us to Gawa today. And? Um, do we want to do this as a sequel or a prequel? So the obvious sequel is they ride off into the sunset, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's Fezzik and um, Mandy. Yeah, good old Mandy. <laughs> it's Fezzik and Inigo Montoya and Wesley and Buttercup all, like, riding away together on horses. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting to examine, like, where they go mm-hmm. after that. Because, like, it's a fairy tale, right? It's, like, the perfect fairy tale ending. So, like, how... I mean, it's, like, Into the Woods-esque. But how do we then see what they come up against um, after this fairy tale is complete? I, I think that's a, interesting. I have... My pitch is totally different, but I don't think it's very good. When the grandfather's reading the kid from the Wonder Years, the story in bed... Yeah. Is he making it up or is he really reading the story? No, he's reading the story. Who wrote the book? Um, I don't know. My pitch is that the kid from the Wonder Years is growing up and has always wanted more of that story and misses his grandfather, who he loved so much, and goes on a quest to find the author of The Princess Bride. Holy shit. 
to be like, what happened to them? That's fucking amazing. And then when he gets there, the author's really mean and is like, that book fucking ruined my life. I could never top it. I haven't written a thing since then. And it's like, and the author is like the the um, the bookstore owner from Neverending Story, who's like a kind of like a weird creep, old, a weirdo, a freak. He's not a creep and a weirdo and a freak, but that he's guy's like a creep, weirdo and freak. He's like, don't don't ever look at this book. If you look at this book, something will happen. And then he he like he's like pushing the book into the kid's hands, being like, don't read it. Yeah. And then he it's puts freaky. it in his bag, and he's like smiling at the camera, and he's like, don't ever yeah. touch this book. What you just described was a creep, weirdo, and freak. That's all the things creeps, weirdos, and freaks do. I was picturing more like. I think he's like, don't rob me. And he's don't putting, rob me. Putting his wallet in That's his back funny. pocket. Oh, we got to write that sketch down. Um, I think there's an episode of Hey Arnold from a long time ago, and I really might be wrong. Yes. Where there's like, a, like a, an author yeah, like a he's recluse. obsessed with, and yes. she like lives on an island off the coast of Manhattan, I, don't know. I suppose. And he like rose out to meet her, and he's like, you wrote my favorite book. And she's like, well, I'm a fucking bitch. And he's like, how can you be a bitch? And he's like, you wrote my favorite book. It like means so much to me. And she's like, well, I'm a jerk. And he's like, how can you be a jerk? You wrote like the best, most uplifting story of all time. And she's like, because I'm a jerk, okay? But she's not really a jerk. Right. She That's just, what like, I'm... lost her family or some Something. bullshit. I don't know. Harold is a good show. Harold's a great show. Um, I love this idea, and I think we can combine both things. I think it's that I think it's that he does continue to write more of the story, but he like maybe pitches it to the writer, or um, I don't know. Also, have I told this story on here before that I always thought the grandpa in the beginning of the movie says he says Alumia. I think you have told the story on this podcast, but you know what? Go ahead, do it anyway. At the beginning, the line is "You're sick. I'll humor you," but because the grandpa has like a weird accent, he goes. He says, um, you're sick, Alumia. And I always thought he was saying, you're sick, comma, Alumia. Like, you have Alumia. And I never knew what it was. And the kid, he does have Alumia. And it's deadly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he finds the author. I would expound on this, honestly. I like this. Yeah, he finds the author of The Princess Bride, who he gets in little chunks to say what would have happened next in the story. And while she's saying what the, what would have happened next, we get to see it in the future. Um, so the Princess Bride is, an, is a novel written by William Goldman. Yes, that it's a nineteen seventy three fantasy romance novel by William Goldman. I knew that because they've been trying to do a Princess Bride musical for a while, but the rights have been a nightmare. Interesting. It's presented as an abridgment or the good parts version of a longer work by S. Morgenstern, and Goldman's commentary asides are constant throughout. So technically. The guy S. Morgenstern is the fictional author of The Princess Bride. Yeah. Okay, so he goes and finds S. Morgenstern. Yeah. That's good. And I like that. finds out that S. Morgenstern is actually like a writing collective of Ooh. a bunch of like a, a bunch, bunch of, of people. Jerks, and they're all jerks and they all won't write <laughs> okay. any more of it. <laughs> um, I like this. I would honestly do a whole episode about that, but I also just like that idea. Well, we'll make that movie. Okay. Also, in the, the movie takes place, the parts of The Princess Bride that he wants to find out about all take place now so we can still have... Um, all robin wright and like all those good people yeah. now maybe Dinkin, billy crystal carrie always. carol kane carol kane carrie always they're all they're all around andre Not, the what's giant his name andre the giant r.a.p love that guy who could take over for andre the giant me batista me i think it'd be me <laughs> no it'd be big show who's big show you would love the don't big pull show. up a wrestler for me <laughs> marty don't pull up a wrestler for me you would love the big show is he the guy is he the guy who's like maori no I like him no, I've showed you the big show before and you've been like, damn. All right, show me the big show. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. Look at that fucking damn. man. Damn. He's so big. He's a big show. He's the like the mountain. Okay, we have more we have more rom coms to get to. Okay. Honestly, the next one on this list I completely disagree with. It's Girls Trip. 
Never seen it. It is not a rom-com. It's all about, like, the girls' friendship. Also, it's such a good movie. You absolutely should see Girls Trip. Okay. Groundhog Day. Never seen it. You know who's in that movie? Andy McDowell. You know what's crazy? I've never seen Groundhog Day. You know what happens in Groundhog Day? Yeah. That's crazy. You've never seen Groundhog Day. I know. All right. It's called What We See in the Shadows. And it's a vampire movie that it takes place over and over the same day. day. It's called Russian Doll. Notting Hill. We already talked about Notting Hill. Um, Sweet Home Alabama. I don't like that movie that much. You know what? I'm really going to skip that. This is going to be a terrible episode of this podcast because it's got to be really frustrating for people listening to be like, why are they talking about this? Marty doesn't know any of this. But you know what? I'm sticking to it. Yeah. It was. If you're not happy with this, this was Marty's idea at MC Scan on Twitter. How dare you? <laughs> 50 First Dates. I've seen that movie. 51 First Dates. And no, 50 Second Dates. That's easy. Okay. And it's just the second date where they're like, so are we going to... And then it, he always wakes up right at the end. Who wakes up right at the end? Andy McDowell. <laughs> Who do Adam you think Sandler. is... Okay. What do you think the plot of first, 50 First Dates is? Adam Sandler gets a remote control that lets him control any date nope, that he's on. Nope, What okay, do Adam you Sandler think is the plot? Adam Sandler and Meg Ryan. Okay. It's definitely Drew Barrymore. But that keep going. That was not the worst guess in the world. Um, Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore go on a first date, and they break open a fortune cookie, and a lady's like, you... Need Stop to find around. I do you actually think it is. I don't know. He goes on a first date and it goes badly. And he goes, man, I wish I could just do that again. And he wakes up the next morning and he's the day is about to happen again. And he's like, oh shit, I got I got another chance to do it right. That's Groundhog Day. I, okay, I'm sorry. Fifty first dates. It's not a great premise. Is he has an amazing first date with this girl and he's like, yes. And then the next day he sees her and she's like, sorry, who are you? And she's got like like short term memory loss and never remembers him so they have to fall in love like every single day that's the most depressing thing i've ever heard i know and at the end they like get married and have kids but the implication is that every day she wakes up in a house with a man she doesn't remember and he has to every single day be like hi honey it's me adam Sandler, your husband and the baby inside your belly is my baby we've had a baby and you have another baby and also we're on a boat and also i don't know it's kind of fucked up what about you've got mail Okay. If you haven't seen You've Got Mail, which I know you haven't, you've certainly seen Shop Around the Corner or She Loves Me. What? Never. What's the plot of You've Got Mail? A guy, Billy Crystal. Is it Billy Crystal? It's Tom Hanks. Yikes. Okay, Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't look that up either. I just remembered that. They accidentally meet on email. Okay. I'm trying to think of how. Like, what would a romantic comedy way of, of doing it be? They, they, She's trying to email someone else, and he gets the email and decides to pretend to be the person that she's emailing. And they get become good friends over mail, mm-hmm. but they live in different parts of the country, and they fall in love over email. And then they decide to meet in person. Okay. Using context clues from the musical She Loves Me. I don't know She Loves Me. But you sang Tonight at Eight. No, Ben sang Tonight at Eight. He sang 16 bars of Tonight at 8 for four years. <laughs> That's a you, shout down to, to Ben. Tonight, you should watch You've Got Mail. I'm nervous and upset because this girl I've never met, I got some mail on AOL. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm taking her to dinner at a goodbye. You got mail and you got mail. You Tonight, got some mail. It. Yeah. That was, were those the 16 bars? No, because then it was 10 you know, more minutes, minutes 10 more seconds, 10 more hours to go. go. 
Hopes collapse will all collapse kaput tonight at eight. Yeah, great. Sounds like you know what you've got mail is about. You got mail is about. He's nervous and upset because a girl he's never met he finally gets to meet. They met on email. And he finally gets to meet her tonight at 8. Right. Nailed okay. It. So, in You've Got Mail, and in basically all the things, in in uh, in She Loves Me, it's they work in the same department store. In in Shop Around the Corner, they have two different, like I think, like drugstores or something that are competing. He basically is – she runs like a teeny little um, bookstore that's like going out of business because he's like a hotshot like, business dude they fucking hate each other they like fight all the time like they go to each other's places and like make mischief and they hate each other but in secret they've been having this like online courtship with this person they've never met and they don't know it's each other right Hilarious. and they keep being like oh my god this guy's like the man of my dreams he's so sensitive he has all the same taste as me he would never be like this fucking prick asshole who doesn't know he's destroying my bookstore right and then um things go to shit when they're like finally like let's meet and you'll know it's me because i have like a red rose on my table and like you know she comes around the corner and it's him sitting there with like the red rose on the table or vice versa i can't really remember when does he land the plane in the hudson (sighs) (sighs) you should watch she loves me it's a really good musical you should watch you've got mail it's a really good movie great Anyway, they have they discover you never heard anybody sing Vanilla Ice Cream from She Loves Me. Oh, I love that song, Ice Ice Baby. Ugh. Oh, sorry, that's Vanilla Ice. Millie okay. Vanilli Ice. This next one is about a boy, and I've never seen about a boy. So you know what it's about? No, a boy. <laughs> that was the most vaudeville setup. I it's, think this. I think we might not release this episode, Al. I, you know what? If you if it's because be. if it's because you're too embarrassed about not seeing any movies, it's not that hey, I'm the imba- wedding singer's on this list. Oh, great! You've seen that? Yeah. So give me a pitch. Um, okay, The Wedding Singer is, um, I think, definitely a sequel after him and Julia get married. So, Wedding Singer is Robbie Hart and Julia Gulia, a.k.a. Julia Hart now, um, get married with the help of Billy Idol. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think The Wedding Singer sees them go on their honeymoon together. Okay, this is good. I like this. Um, and they go on their honeymoon together and... Uh, it, it's kind of like a mixture of um, what's the movie? Fuck, forgetting Sarah Marshall. That was the it, next it, one on the list. Oh, that's a great movie. Um, it's kind of like forgetting Sarah Marshall meets um, I don't know something else, where they basically go on their honeymoon together and they have to help someone else, kind of like pursue their their love, or like they they basically like help a whole group of people on their honeymoon. And, you know, he's, like, singing he, like, stuff. He's, like, and, wedding singer stuff to, like, get it, them to, like, it, fall in love. Exactly. That's fun. So it's, like, helping. It's, like, they see other people that could use help in love. And they sort of, um, you know, through the power of their love and music, they help other people come together. I like that. And it's called The Weddings Singer. <laughs> that's fun. I like that. Yeah, that's sweet, right? That, like, they're on their own. Like, I feel like it's even, like, uh, Drew Barrymore being, like, hun, we're on our honeymoon you don't have to like be the wedding singer like you're not on you're not on the clock but it's like and he's like that's just that's who i am but that's how he got what he wanted the first time exactly. so he's he's gonna use his his stupid music love stinks to make people fall in love and get together with who they're supposed to get together with and yeah. so on and so forth yeah i imagine them being like at a honeymoon on an island like forgetting sarah marshall that's fun i like that i don't really have a sequel to forgetting sarah marshall because i don't want to think about russell brand how's that sound 
Okay. Is he a bad guy? I don't <laughs> He's know. such a bad oh. guy. He's such a loser. And you know what? I know you're listening to this right now, Brussel Brand, because you fucking love to listen to low-grade <laughs> comedy podcasts in your free time. But take care of your fucking son, dude. Anyway, 13 going on 30 is on this list. Okay, 14 going on 40. Easy. Okay. Mark sure. Ruffalo and Jennifer Garner are now married. They're happy. No, 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 no. <laughs> Marty, no. No, Marty. Marty, no. What happens in the movie? She's 13. <laughs> I thought it ends with her in the present as a 30-year-old. Well, then Mark Ruffalo's not 30 anymore. Oh, okay. He's the old he's like an older man and she's like oh. he's cute. But that would be like if you were like anyway, oh. in big he gets married to what's her name? The Celia from to, Weeds. To the, you want to play games, lady? Exactly. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, Grease is on this list. I would call that an anti-romantic comedy. Singing in the Rain is on this list. Oh. It's a romantic comedy. Yeah, that's good. I? All right. It's called Backflipping Up a Wall. And it's okay. just Donald O'Connor doing backflips for 90 minutes. Great. That's honestly exactly what I would have said. Allie, this episode was a complete failure on my part, and I'm sorry. It's okay. Singing in the Rain, I, think, I feel like we could actually come up with a Singing in the Rain sequel. That is a movie you've seen. Marty, you had a poster of it in your bedroom. Yeah, no, I've seen it. Just I haven't seen it enough times to be able to like do a really good sequel for it. That what was movies Molly's have you seen? I've seen The Prestige. <sighs> seen The Machinist. The Machinist. I've seen Synecdoche, New, New York. Requiem for a Dream. The Court Jester. Jesus Christ. You talk about Requiem for a Dream as though it's my favorite movie, and it is 100% not. Whether or not it's your favorite movie, it is the movie you talk about so frequently. That's so not true. We'll be like... You talk about it like I talk about it, but that's no, like completely the no. wrong take. We'll, we'll go anywhere and you'll be like, we'll be like, remember in Coney Island when they were here and Requiem for a Dream? Oh my God, this is... You're literally gaslighting me like Ellen Burstyn does by the fucking refrigerator <laughs> in Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, know what move, do you know what I think you would really also, like? Also, we've been to Coney Island once together, and I said, wow. That's so okay, fucking twice. untrue, because you know at least once I broke my tooth when I was there, and we had to go to the dentist. You had to go to the dentist. Is this, a, is this the romantic comedy a, this is, that this people want? This is our want. version of romance. Yeah, Allie was going to go on the giant swings. I was finally going to convince her to go on a ride. And then I said, whoa, I think you have a little chip in your tooth. And it ruined her week. It really did. I had a big I, chip I in my tooth, I don't, and I don't know how it happened. It was a tiny chip in your it tooth. It was not, because I can show you where the fake part of my tooth is attached. Okay, we all have fake teeth. <laughs> I have a fake Look. tooth. Oh my God, Marty's teeth all came out. <clears throat> how are you there, sweetheart? Oh my God, you're exactly like that part in Requiem for a Dream where they're all fucked up because they took too many drugs on Coney Island. They don't... Ugh. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, this was an absolute failure. If you like... The musical She Loves Me or the works of Bach and Harnick, hit me up at Miss Alice Nutting on Twitter. If you like Bach from Wicked, oh you're God. an idiot. <laughs> I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> I hate you so much. I hate you so much. I loved on the album in Dancing Through Life when he goes, Because you are so beautiful. And she goes, Oh, Bach. Bach, I think you're wonderful. And we deserve each we other. We deserve each other. Just do the whole thing with me. Just humor me. You see, this is Isn't our chance. Isn't that right? I don't know how it goes. We deserve each other. We're, don't don't we you bock. bock. And he goes, you know what? Let's dance. Let's dance. He does this like, well, he goes, that's the wrong key. He goes, let's dance. It's something like that. You know who that is, right? Who? Christopher Fitzgerald. Who you yes. really like. You're a big fan of him. He's very funny. Um, I saw, I listen to that all the time. I love that note. I think he like nails it. And he's like full belting that note. And then I saw like, 
you know, the Chicago production of it like four times Ooh, when I, I can't was. Wait to, give me a year because I can't wait to find out who this person is that you're about to drag. Um, God, when was I working? It was probably 2000. Seven. Great! I can't wait to find out who it was. Two thousand six or seven. Like Two thousand seven or eight. Asshole through the mud. No, he was totally good, but he went. You know what? Dun 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 dun. Bum bum. Let's dance. Dun 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 dun. And I was like, yes, yes, here it comes. And he went, let's dance. <laughs> like this, the quietest little mm. falsetto. We're gonna find out who that was, and we're gonna drag him. No, I don't want to drag anybody. First national tour of Wicked. No, it wasn't a national tour. It was the Chicago production. It wasn't a tour. Are you sure? It was definitely a sit-down production. Yes, it was hmm. the. It's hmm. still happening. It's still going on in Chicago right all now. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We'll figure out who it was. Um, Allie, I really don't think that we're going to release this. It's too late. We're definitely going to release this. I, we, we gotta... Now I'm going to share my story about something that happened in theater where I was like, whoa, that's not what I was expecting. My One of my best friends growing up was a kid actor, um, and he did ton, He did every little boy role that was on Broadway or national tour that was available. So like, I saw him as a little boy in Ragtime. I saw him Gavroche and Les Mis. Everything that had a boy in it, he was in it, and he was great. So I went to go see him. Mr. Holland's Opus? Yeah, Mr. Holland's Opus, beautiful. the musical. Was he the beautiful boy? He was the beautiful boy in the musical Mr. Holland's Opus. Honestly, it would make kind of a great musical. Yeah, it would. You'd have to get actor, uh, act, yeah, actors you'd have to actors. Get, you'd have to get actors who could play instruments, and it would be very... Honestly, that's a fucking great idea. So get on it. All right. Who could um, play Richard Dreyfus now, though? What about Richard Dreyfus? No, 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 no. Who would really play Mr. Holland's Opus? Who would play Mr. Who would play Holland's, Mr. Holland's Opus? Um, Norbert Leo Butts. That's fantastic. Sometimes I'm like, I actually think I would be a good casting director. That's fucking great. That's, he would be great. Um, I, uh, so anyway, I saw Les Mis when it was on tour. I saw it in Baltimore, Maryland. I saw it with my friend, harley in it and i was obsessed with the show like immediately afterwards i like, bought the cd learned every song and the part that i remembered so clearly because it like really freaked me out was javert's suicide because he stood on a only slightly raised platform like there was like a bridge that flew in yeah. and it was probably only like i don't know three feet off the ground like it was not super yeah. raised and they got like, rolling fog on the stage rolling fog yeah. on the stage and he jumped yeah, I and saw he this disappeared yeah i saw this production. into the stage yeah. Because they had, like, a trap door that he didn't see, and he, like, jumped into it. So it was amazing, because you thought he was going to, like, jump three feet, and then he just, like, was gone. When I first saw someone jump into a stage and disappear was Phantom of the Opera. Uh-huh. And it was, like, Raul jumping down into the whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to do theater the rest of my life. That part, I mean, like, I remember being like, <gasps> I also, like, sobbed like a baby. That was a very formative moment in my theater life, was seeing Les Mis as a kid. That's why you're always trying to jump through floors. That's always why I'm trying to jump through floors. So anyway... Later in life, Les Mis is still on Broadway at, like, the Imperial Theater or whatever it is. Um, and I had a friend who was, like, super rich. And her birthday party is that she took, like, five friends to see Les Mis, which is literally so much money, but whatever. And I was the only person who had seen it before. But all my friends were, like, nerds. So we'd all listen to the CD. And I was like, I cannot wait for you guys to see Javier's suicide because you're going to flip. And they were like, what do you mean? And I was like, it is, like, the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, I, I saw this when I was, like, eight, and it stuck with me. And I'm like, I truly think about it all the time. I'm so excited. I know what's going to happen at because some, I saw another production of it, too. At some point, someone must have hurt themselves jumping into the stage because that had gotten cut. So instead, a guy jumped three feet off the stage onto the stage and then rolled around in the fog until he was basically off stage. 
garbage and my friends roasted me like I've never been roasted into into the future of my life. I have yet to this day to be roasted to the extent of my friends were like, yeah, that was so cool. You you really sold that. I'm so fucking excited. I saw a grown man jump onto oh the stage God. and roll around in the fog. And I was like, no, I swear to God, he jumped into a trap door. And they're like, okay, okay. I got, I mean, like, to probably to this day, if I was like, hey, do you remember when we went to go see Les Mis for Diana Ross's birthday? They'd be like, Queen of Soul, Diana Ross? No, she said the same name. Huh. Sorry. I wish. They would be like, oh, yeah, and when Javier jumped onto the stage and rolled around, it was so cool, you guys. I think they'd still roast me. You got roasted I by got your so friends cool. the way that Tappy Tibbins roasts Ellen Burstyn in Requiem for a Dream. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, God. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for taking this uh, romantic comedy journey with me, basically. Um, I appreciate you all listening. We, we hope you're enjoying the show. This was obviously a little bit of a departure from our, one of our normal episodes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I, had, I had a good time getting, getting my ass blasted by mm-hmm, you for, mm-hmm. for 39 minutes. You know what's the best part is that I only minorly blasted your ass, but some on Twitter, you're going to get your ass blasted. I don't, please don't at me. Don't talk to me on Twitter unless you're, you're saying... you your ass blasted. I, I made a magnetic poem recently that said, be kind or comment not. And that's I think that's one. my 2019 motto. Also, 49 and 50 on this list were Mamma Mia, which has a sequel now. I haven't seen it. And Shop Around the Corner. Oh. Which is funny because that's you that got is mail. literally You Got Mail. Great. Well, we did it. We did Top it. 50 movies. We, we, can, you, can you believe that we pitched a perfect sequel for all 50 all romantic 50, comedies? And also that everybody has seen all of them perfectly. Everybody anyway. in this room has. Uh, they also, I, one of the ones I skipped because I know you haven't seen it was My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I've seen My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I re- okay. I'm not doing a bit. I really have seen it. So pitch a sequel for my big fat Greek wedding. My big fat Greek funeral. It would be so funny. It's like the matriarch of the family, like the old, the old yeah, yeah, yeah. Greek mom passes away, and in the she leaves like a video will that like fucks everything up because she's like, what you think just because I'm gone, I I can't I can't sow discord among the family? No, this is crazy. And she, that's what a Greek person sounds like. Uh huh. And she like you know sends them on a fucking scavenger hunt, and she's like, whoever solves. My scavenger hunt is the one who's... He's the winner of this rat race. Exa- shut up. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's my big fat Greek funeral. And it's like how they all deal, how the family deals. Because weddings and funerals are, right, like the two most heightened things that mm-hmm, families mm-hmm. can deal with. And so it's how this like Greek family comes together and deals with a funeral. Can you even imagine what four weddings and a funeral would be about? I the like... two most heightened things. <laughs> uh, that's another romantic comedy, isn't it? It is. We I have never seen it. You had not seen it. Yeah, I know. You were like, Hugh Grant? And we're like, skip. Okay. Well... I've got my annual roasting. I've met my quota. Are you going to watch? I have a question. No, I'm not going to watch a single one of these. You really aren't? Uh, I might watch You Got Mail. You should watch You Got Mail. Yeah. I think if I had to vote for one, you should watch Yeah, I'll watch You Got Mail. But honestly, I'm probably just going to watch The Wedding Singer again. (laughs) Great. (laughs) The Wedding Singer got me into listening to Boy George and the Culture Club. Yes. And and then Marty famously became Ziggy Stardust for a while. (laughs) What? <laughs> Don't you remember that part in your childhood where you'd walk around with a lightning oh, yeah, bolt with pinned on your face and, and your hair bolt. slicked back? No, I remember when I wore um, Ace the Space Freely makeup every day to, to school. I believe that. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. Also, happy Valentine's Day. Happy have Valentine's a, have Day. Have a good one with your fam and your friends. Yeah, treat yourself to a nice to a nice time out if you're a member of the Lonely Hearts Club. Why am I saying this? Because you were being Delilah at the top yeah, of the I was. show and now you're stuck. Uh, and if you have a significant other, you know, say thank you to them. Give them a give them a kiss on the cheek and a 
a pat on the bum. Why would you say th- what? What would you say thank you for? Thanks for you know. Thanks for being my my partner. Thanks for putting up with me when I don't know any romantic comedies. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, such a specific example that's not applicable to anybody I know. Not anyone in this room. Certainly not anyone in this room. All right, everybody. Until next time. All right. We'll see you at the movies. See you at the movies. See, like, but I I just did you, you a favor. Thank you. Because I love you. See you at the movies. I'm gonna bleep out you saying I love you. So it yeah, sounds you like should. You, you, you sound like you're saying say fuck, I you. fuck you. <laughs> 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 Goodbye. Bye.